0: Welcome to the Laurie Lawrence podcast, stuff the silver, we're going for gold. This podcast came about by me wanting to value add to my online swim teacher and coaching platform, worldwideswimschool.com. The podcast is not meant to be a quick fix to get us achieving. It's simply meant to be a help, a guide, a companion in the tough times. I wanted to share and show that dreams are important and we must hold on to those dreams. However, without hard work, those dreams are only fantasies. The perfect result is when we dream and then make those dreams come true. Only an individual with persistence and dedication can make a dream come true. The choice becomes yours. If you want the edge in life or in sport, there are no shortcuts. You must work hard, make tough decisions, sacrifice, and march daily towards your goal, one step at a time. If you are serious about winning, you must prepare to win. Enjoy the podcast. Tell your friends if it helps one person expand their lives a little or achieve their dreams, it will have served the purpose. If it doesn't do this, try at least to remember, the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender.
1: A big thank you to Swimming Australia, who got together myself and my old mate, and Olympic champion, Duncan Armstrong, to do this podcast.
0: We had a lot of fun together, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Once again, thank you
1: Swimming Australia. (laughs)
2: I'll start with
1: you, Duncan. How old were you when you fell into Laurie's When you started crying in the little <laughs> pool. <laughs> I did How start long? crying. How old 14. were you when you started crying I was 14. in I, that pool?
3: I came down from Rockhampton. Okay, At that stage, I was doing um, five sessions a week, 3K a session. I came down to the Laurie Lawrence Powerhouse, the Lawrence did National you? Champions, um, 70 kids in the water at any one time, 160 to 200 laps a session. Okay, Powering. Powering. And so my first session with Laurie, we did a kick set, which was 4Ks. And so the kick set was longer than the longest session I've ever done. And so there was a few tears. There was a few tears. In the goggles. In the goggles. You never let
1: anyone see you
3: cry. The first time I ever made a Laurie Lawrence session, say 160 laps, um, standard session, you know, 40 laps warm up, um, uh, 4K main set and... uh, Finish off with Butterfly. Yeah, 4050s Butterfly and 45. Made it, right? And when I mean mate, I mean didn't get lapped. Justin Lemberg was the leader of the lane. I've come in and gone, touch, and he's touched right beside me. So I made the session, did my last two laps, and got out, and I, and I, and I was weeping. I was weeping pure tears of joy, wasn't I? Oh, tears of joy? And I, and I couldn't feel my arms, and I couldn't feel my legs. And so I went over and I got my bag, and I walked out of the pool here at Chandler and up into the car park. My dad was waiting for me. I didn't get dry, just in my togs, didn't take my goggles off, got in the car, <laughs> and my dad's looked at me. And he's gone, how did it go? And I just like,
2: I made it, I made it. <laughs> and
3: made I cried it. all the way to school. But anyway, that's that's okay. And then I came back in the afternoon and I didn't make it in well, the afternoon. Well, you came back. I did come back. came back. I and that's back. the
1: important thing.
3: It was. Consistency, mate. Mm. Yep, like arriving on time. Really about <laughs> now, consistency. Now, listen, now,
1: come on. Where is that woman who picked me up late? The victim. That's... That's the reason I was late today. Everything
3: everything rises and falls on leadership. You have to control your environment for the ultimate result. Now Now I'm getting lectured. Now I'm getting lectured by a former athlete. Former. Laurie
2: was tough and good at following instructions.
1: Yes. Mm. He was was good at following instructions. And he was tough. I had... Like here at this pool, Chandler, we had one of the toughest group of kids Mm. you'd ever imagine. I mean, they were real animals. And sometimes you have what you call an animal lane that you put kids in because they're tougher than everyone else. Mm. I couldn't have an animal lane because everyone was tough. Mm. And I can remember when Glenny Buchanan Mm. came down, what he wanted to make, he didn't tell anyone he wanted to make the... Olympic team in 1984, and he had a girlfriend down here, so he came down really and he, he came in overweight <laughs> really overweight. And he said, "Can I just jump in and do a few laps with you?" This was his. I said, "Sure mate, jump over there with those little girls over there." <laughs> so I put him over there with Jody Clatworth, yeah. the Enrot, Kelly, Kelly, you know Moira.
3: Mm.
1: all those kids. And they creamed him.
3: Oh, yeah. Laughed and at him. They just, laughed at him. They, they he, went to he went to
1: lead. He went to lead. And they just swam straight over the top of it. <laughs> and like no, Duncan, tough. they no, worked tough. tough. Like Duncan, he came back for more. Mm. And his results is two bronze medals in the 1984 Olympics and the 100 butterfly. Got be- be- beaten by Michael Gross and Pablo, Pablo Morales. Morales, which mm. both those blokes won Olympic gold medals. And uh, the great thing about that was, and I'm still good friends with all yeah, these yeah. guys, I taught Glenn to put his face underwater when he was four years of age mm. and took him right through to the, the Olympics, Olympic Games. Yeah. And well, we're still mates
3: today. But we, we created a squad here. Laurie created a squad and in, in environment. And today we call about, talk about culture. And culture? We, yeah, yeah. So you created this culture that um, was tough. Like, you know, there was no holes barred you know, to to lead a lane was really quite something. Um, It was an advanced squad, so you started over with the babies like Glenn and everybody else in the squad. And then through hard work, persistence, consistent performance and and brute strength, you basically advanced to the next lane, got to lead that lane, lane, advanced to the next lane. and, And one day you were going to get over to train with the big guys, the guys who were going to the Olympic Games, the guys who were wearing the green and gold the world champions like Tracy Wickham and Glenn Buchanan and and John Sieben and Justin Lamberg and all these great swimmers. All the, you know, Um, Stockwell, Brooksy. But we all knew where we sat. They're all there. Yeah, we all knew where we sat. No matter where you were in the squad, you knew how far the promised land was away, whether you are on lap 168 or lap 1. You always knew that the work had to get done. And our era no. was always was Can always, always buddy in here because no. I'm part of no, this interview. No, no, you want this to run to time. I want I wanna I okay. wanna, wanna buddy in Just here. Just let me make the coherent comments first. Otherwise we're never I, gonna get through anything. I want to come in. Okay, go for it. I forgot what I want to say. Exactly. And so um, wherever you were in the squad, you know, that's what the squad was about. And and, and our era, because every year in the Lawrence swim team was a certain number of years, and our era was tortured by guys who came in the era before us, like Steve Holland. And, you know, those stories of Steve when he used to get up in the morning and do, you know, 100 laps before the squad would get Amazing. there in the dark. Amazing. You wouldn't um, believe it. You know, even, even um, Steve Holland on the exercise bike when he had a shoulder injury. You know, all elbow, those stories.
1: yeah. Elbow injury.
3: So all these stories would torture you in whatever era you are because you're just so desperate to be known in the Lawrence swim team as being tough and being strong enough and being a leader of the lane. You know, and so um, we had we had good times. You built a good culture. Mate, we're still all mates today, which is a big thing about... Yeah, because you're a hard sport, man to like. So it's really, really interesting that we're really good friends today. Very hard this? person to like. Hasn't got a lot of good traits or attributes.
1: What do I say? <laughs> this sport is the only sport where men and women can train together. I'm serious about this. Mm. And most of the time he trained with the women because they were tougher than him.
3: That's some strong girls. <laughs>
1: And a shoulder injury and, uh, this is the
3: knuckles one. A oh, down the wall.
1: <laughs> yeah, I forget who it was, but I'm not going to do it here today because I've learnt my lesson. So I was actually in that pool. You've gone soft. I've, well,
3: I could do it. Here's well, this a... is what I did. This <laughs> is the camera, get a close up. Oh, I can't. I can't do that. Mate. My knuckles are gone. You're a tide. I get it. I get it.
1: So I've walked over to the brick wall and just gone. So you're crying. There's something wrong with you. This is pain. And I ran my head and Said, "Lucky that's a smooth post." Yeah. But the post I had it on. It took all the top of the skin off, and the old blood started to run out. And I said, "Well, that's pain. Now get in and start training again."
3: But well, we also and away went. they
1: went. I mean, look honestly. It's it's the atmosphere you create within a squad. And I know a lot of people today doing that sort of thing, that's, oh, stupid, stupidity. But if you get the right atmosphere within a group, like Glenny Buchanan came, his dive was terrible. He used to do the old butt guster, you know, just Mm. flat on his chest. I said, mate, this will never make, you'll never make anything in any competition we ever go to. With your dive, you'll be a body length behind before you start. Every afternoon, he used to get John O. Seaman and say, John O., come mm-hmm. here, we'll do five dives mm-hmm. before you go home. And every afternoon to improve his dive, at this stage, he hadn't admitted that he was going to go, that Two he was rivers. trying to make the Olympic team. And it wasn't until every afternoon he'd do those five dives mm-hmm. with John O., just trying to improve himself all the time. Never missed every afternoon. And he really didn't start to admit that he was trying for the Olympic team until we went to that meet in Canberra. I don't know if you remember. And I said, Glennie Buchanan, and I'm going to say it officially on camera, is the hairiest man in the world.
3: <laughs> got okay. a lot out of a shave. Got...
1: <laughs> got about so 10 seconds out of a shave. I, I said to him, mate, <laughs> shave down for, the, for this race tonight. He said, what? I said, shave down. They're picking an Australian team to go to japan he said i will never make it i said mm. shave down he went and shaved down
3: took him two hours
1: <laughs> it might have taken him more yeah but he finished up making the australian team to go to japan and from there he mm. actually admitted mate do you think i might be able to go to the 84 olympics in los angeles mm. i said mate
3: let's go and, and the, the, rest he part of it. the rest is history the rest is history but we had um we had a good culture in the club like um we had an assistant coach named Ian Finlay. And, and Ian an was animal. Uh, an animal of a coach. And and so like the knuckle story, you know, everyone started getting, we were doing some intense training. Everyone was starting to get a, a shoulder injury. And everyone's like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. So Laurie set up uh, lane zero here at Chandler. He said, this is the physio Finlay lane, right? Go and see physio Finlay if you've got <laughs> a sore shoulder, right? <laughs> and so he's just in there going, fantastic, put your flippers on. We've got 8Ks. You're not going to miss a, a not going to miss a, a base. We're going to do exactly what they're doing. We're just doing a kick with your flippers on. It'll help your shoulder, right? So after 8Ks of the first day, all the skin had come off their toes, right? And they came. They come in the afternoon. He goes, "We've got 8Ks again. We've Keep got a sore shoulder, but we, we do not need to miss a lap." Okay, here's some Vaseline for the cuts and the the, the way we're Next session, bring some socks in tomorrow. The Vaseline is not going to work. We've got eight kilometres in the morning. We're not. This is the physio Finlay lane, right? <laughs> I don't think he was very qualified as a physio. but anyway, He wasn't. He wasn't. But all the shoulder injuries, you know, cleared up by Wednesday. So yeah. there was no one in physio Finlay's lane, lane by he Wednesday. Is, he's the it best a, It was amazing. Physio. It was the best treatment you've ever seen. The best physio I've ever
1: been able to send any of my <laughs> kids to. Honestly, Duncan, he fixed them in three days. Three days.
3: They couldn't well, walk, but see. their shoulders were fast. Ah. Yeah, they were good. <laughs> yeah, they were good. They were good. Thank you.
2: Because you've been <coughs> on the mic
3: for a yeah. while Yeah, i have been waiting a long time
2: too. <laughs> yes, noted.
3: That was uncalled for. I don't. Time's time, mate. That's, yeah, I that I was I uncalled for. Time's time. I didn't I make up time. Right coaching on the way. I don't make up time. I just follow it. So let's talk about
2: the preparation and the lead into the the of the, the It's the,
3: the, 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 the big one.
2: What was um, the expectation
1: going in, and where was well, the preparation at,
2: Okay. And how did you get there?
1: <laughs> well how do we get there? Well Lucky Lane 6 was just a, a spur-of-the-moment coil on the moment because in 1984 mm. John Seven had won the 200 meters butterfly mm. from Lane 6. Mm. He'd come from behind, he timed his race perfectly, he did the fastest last lap of any butterfly swimmer ever in the history up to that point, to pass three other athletes, Morales, Gross, and uh, the Venezuelan boy. Uh,
3: you're a student of swimming. But see, that, that last lap spoke more about the preparation you guys did for 84, better than anybody else in that race. That yep. prepar- that last lap spoke volumes about how he trained professionals that he trained with, the dive, the start, the turn, because he was like a foot shorter than everybody else in the race. Two foot shorter than gross, basically. Yeah, he was, at so. least.
1: So he set the tone for everything. Mm. What, what I like to say to the athletes, look, you want to race? Get ready. Get ready to race. If you want to race, you want to come here and mix it with the big boys at the national championships? Don't come here half prepared. Don't miss a training session. Don't miss a gym session.
3: Say it. Go on. No. Only the pain of hard work can save you. The, the agony, agony of defeat. defeat.
1: Only the pain of a hard worker can save you. Remember the all agony. that shit. Remember we used to do that a You call it shit. <laughs> Every morning, <Because sighs> I just sit there and say these that? beautiful things that, you know. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Duncan.
3: Yes. Again.
1: The pain of defeat. I'll tell you now, and tell him this will. The pain of defeat. <laughs> yes last you a lifetime. Mm. Absolutely, I, You agree with this? <laughs> the pain of a hard <laughs> <I've learned> workout <laughs> stops immediately, the training session stops. Tell them. Well, haven't I told them? The pain of a hard workout stops immediately, the training session stops. But the pain of defeat lasts, lasts a, a lifetime. lifetime. So you're thinking about it forever.
3: Mm.
1: That's the worst
3: part about it. Anyway, back to 88. Get, lucky oh, Lane well, 6. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's you. Well, well, oh, you want lucky no, to she asked you a question about go. Lucky Lane 6. I can oh, answer it. i got it, trouble. But I was yeah, giving right. you a go. Okay,
1: okay. So, Lucky Lane 6.
3: Lucky Lane 6 From, from 1984, 1984.
1: 1988, he's qualified in mm, Lucky Lane, lane six. 6. So good. He's qualified. So, Deondi. Lane 5. Super. Six Superman, foot seven, six foot seven, has a, a kick like a, a mule. I actually broke into the studio in Seoul to look at how Beyondy swims and how much wave and all that. And so we discussed it together. And I said, mate, I think he'll, you've got to stay in touch because they're not going to be fitter than you.
2: Mm. When
1: you stand up on the blocks and you look left and you look right, You honestly, in your own mind, are going to be able to say, "I'm ready.
3: Let's boogie." And our training times were coming down. Like coming into Seoul, we got there 10 days early into the village. We were the first team in, and um, all I did was go to the pool. I bought a bike to go to the pool, and um, and to the food hall. That's all. That was the only triangle I did. Didn't go shopping. Didn't go sightseeing. Didn't didn't do anything. Like we were ready. Like our times were just going pop, pop, pop. We had a test set of. Test set. Our test set was four 100s on 130, jump out. um, And depending how I felt, that could go to two minutes. And we usually circled around about a 57 on the wall. 57 touch, hop out, bang, 57. And we were going 52, 50, 50, yeah. 52 flat. And those were in the days before. Yeah, and everyone had to be at the pool. Like the Americans were there, the Germans were there, the East Germans were there. The hungos were there. Everybody had to go to the pool to actually check things because there was no film. There was no social media. There was nothing. There was no smartphones. smartphones. There was nothing. And so yeah. you had to be very, very careful who was in the stand watching when you're doing your test sets and things like that. So Laurie's up there, and I've dropped this 52 on the first one. I've gone, boom! I'm like, whoa. And he's gone, 57, you <laughs> loser. What do you think you're doing? I'm like, and I've gone, Hoo. and he's gone, go with me. <laughs> and so I've gotten out and I've gone, okay, and you're gonna give it some. I'm like, right up, boom, here you know, I go again. 52 flat. And now 56, mate, this is the Olympics, this is embarrassing. If you're not gonna have a go, you can piss off back to Australia. And this is the whole theatrics go, the whole time I'm looking at going, I'm swimming so fast. This it's, is all about oh, no. it's all
1: it's about is, theater. It's all about theater. It's awesome.
3: <laughs> and we've gotten out of the pool and it's almost like we robbed the bank. Like we got out of the pool and we ran over to our towers and we've gone, okay, okay, we don't say anything to anybody, especially your roommates. Don't say anything. <laughs> and so it was just like all this and it was just coming and it was just coming and it was just coming and, just coming and we were doing all this and sort of like fun stuff he having feeling alive.
1: good yeah as he said he was having the time of his life yeah. the time came to race he was a little bit nervous <laughs> and i found that in his dogs after the race admit it you were just a little bit nervous. you're a
3: dickhead you really are you're just a little bit could.
1: nervous what anyway what happened i <laughs> Well, if you go back more. and look at look at his um, look at his race. When he gets up on the blocks, he gets over close to Beyondi. Mm. Just to be able to be close, and people say drag. I don't think you get that much drag, honestly, Duncan. I don't think you get that much. You might, but you can be there close, and you can sense them. Yeah.
3: You're like an animal chasing prey, and Beyondi was the prey. He was, he was. We knew he'd start fast. He was a world record holder in the hundred, so he had this blistering speed. And that was his value. So he's going to use the 200 like a, a long sprint. He's going to try to get out, get so far in front that we can't catch him and he's good enough to get home. And so, is, and we are going the other way. We are like, we have to we're stick. We're going to come home. And then he's going to die and we're going to pounce on him when he, when he starts to tie up and he starts <laughs> racing, whatever. So that's what happened. We yeah, well, there. if
1: you go to the last lap, your last turn, yeah. you were on the rope right after the last turn. Last turn, you go bang, right into the middle and you're on the way home, mate. I am and what i love to tell the young kids (laughs) what are you laughing at what i love to tell the young kids that i'm coaching now look at his finish because 15 meters from the end of the pool he took his last breath Mm. so he took his last breath and his head went down because once you turn and breathe too much you lose your rhythm Mm. but his head went down took his last breath and in he went head down no breathing just as he'd done here in training Mm thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Mm. Because if you do it right at training, it becomes an automatic response in the race. And if you go back or you tell young kids, look at the finish of his race, you'll see him come from dead level virtually to be a half a body length in front by the time he finished. It's one of the best finishes I've ever seen in a race.
3: He's finally talking some sense.
1: (laughs) Well, mate, no, the best finish ever was your 400 freestyle at those Olympics. But unfortunately-
3: I breathed. I got second.
1: You got second. You had to bring that up. You got second. If you you don't breathe, you win two gold medals at the Olympics. You win the 200 and the 400. Never done in history. That's how stupid you were. You didn't listen to me. Correct.
2: It's
1: true.
3: Had you, you would have been two Mm. gold medals. Mm. But but the thing is also about that finish is um, we did train here all the time and um, with the Laurie Lawrence swim team, you couldn't breathe inside the flags. Any no repeat, one. any No laugh.
1: one or everyone repeats.
3: Everyone repeats. So you'll be, you know, 8Ks, 4050s, flies finishing, and some eight-year-old at the back of the line breathed inside the flags with two laps to go on the 4050s fly, and Laurie goes, "Stop, stop, stop, stop! Everybody out! Everybody out!" Sixty kids get out of the pool, and he goes, "Starting again." Yeah, well, and he then... points at her and goes, "She breathed inside the flags. Here we go, red top." And we'd all go, "You're dead." <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd all get in. With a, so that that's where the conditioning came from, in terms of putting your head down at the finish, and also knowing the science that there's yeah, there's no reason for it. It just knocks you From there, around. from there, I was the. You were finished. You won, but the cameras were on oh. me. <laughs> I cameras, made him. I made him. The cameras were on me. I made him. I touched and the wall. Was
1: in the stand.
3: And then his career started. And the camera. Duncan, the cameras were on me. I oh, know.
1: And that's when I said, lucky lane six. six uh, and Gabe, amongst
3: other things. Gabe tell me about the conversation you had with Senator Graham Richardson, the Minister for Sport, who oh. came over to Seoul, showed up at the pool on day one, and we've had a gold medal with Duncan Armstrong, oh. and then they brought him down to meet his coach. Tell, him what, tell everybody what you said to the Sport Minister of Australia in the stands in Seoul. Should I? Go. I told him, I
1: said, piss off. <laughs> As soon as she, as No, you said more said, than that.
3: Well, said more
1: than that. Well, said, every I said, time I, I, I see Graham Richardson, you, he tells me this story. I haven't seen you mm. in the four years leading up to these Olympics. Now that the kids won the gold medal, you want to come and get your hands shook and photos taken. Oh, piss off, mate. We did it on our own. We got no funding.
3: Yep. Graham Richardson had been in the job three weeks. <laughs> but he gave us no funding in
1: those three no, weeks, No, he did <laughs>
3: No, it was Sunday. awesome. It was awesome. It was such a major incident. Politically correct.
1: And I could say something else here, but I don't want to embarrass. Because the governor already gives you money. On TV. He does.
3: Okay, go on. What's your next question? Did that answer your question?
1: But I'm keeping mouth shut.
3: Tight. Right. What's about directions? Is it?
2: Three words to describe
3: Uh A pest. <laughs> a big pest. No. <laughs> a big pest. Well that's three words. Yeah yeah. Um, tenacious, gifted, um, and old. Make it good. He's gone to sleep.
1: No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking, what more can you say but
3: Gold, gold. Gold.
1: No, I'm not saying gold, gold, gold. I'm. I just want to say something about Olympic. I want to say Olympic champion.
3: Use as many words as you want.
1: Oh, you just want me to say <laughs> extra something about good. You. No, he's a great Olympic champion. That's for He deserves, deserves to be so, Olympic champion <laughs> Thanks, because mate. he paid the price. Hmm. He's a man who paid the price,
3: and still paying. You can't
1: win if you don't pay the price. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what else? So, just to finish up, like we always spent a lot of time together in the
2: coaching days, but you still catch up regularly now
1: and you well, you enjoy each other's company. <laughs> on the phone, it's like yesterday. If we don't, if when we meet like this, it, it's like yesterday. Yeah, it is. And it's just on the phone, how are you going mate, what's happening, where are you going in life, and talk about his kids,
3: beautiful kids. Yeah, my relationship with Laurie is a major part of my life, always has been, since I was 14, so to carry that on and be together um, for every little time, because we're both busy, uh, but to share a stage every now and then is a great deal of fun, so yeah, I'm very, very blessed to have Laurie in my life.
1: Well mate, I'm blessed to have you in my life too.
3: I know. You know, you You always
1: have to say the last word.
3: <laughs> I love you too. Can I throw one last one? Yeah. Um, just point to um, tie it into the present day, which is sort of seeing all the hard work of uh, the swimmers behind you there. I'll, I'll take care of that. But, uh, you ready? Yeah. What do you it? think has changed? What do you think hasn't changed? Alright. So Laurie, what do you think of the current crop of um, young swimmers? Soft. Why? You're old they'd and get, crabby. No, they get everything too easy, it. Duncan. They but why shouldn't they? It's that.
1: their world, right? You know, they live on this bloody thing. I've given it away. This iPhone, the, the number of likes, but that they've, they've never they been without it and all that. No, well, it's got to be used properly, too. But what do I think of them, I think a lot of the they're kids, going faster, they're going a lot faster, mm. and I wonder. If I had to come back and coach today, I couldn't do it the way I did with you. No. There'd be certain aspects
3: yeah, that wouldn't I wouldn't change.
1: That wouldn't change that I'd take because I believe that if you want to race, you've got to be ready to race. The good thing about these days is there's a lot of racing, and because they're racing a lot, that they stay up high all mm. the time, and I think that's one of the things that's improved swimming a lot. Like John O'Seban, would have reveled mm. in this modern-day swimming. a yeah, pure racer. Just a racer. Mm. He would race blitz all the it. time. He would blitz it. And, but even so, I don't think Australian swimming race enough mm. at the highest level.
3: What's your prediction for, for um, Japan? we in good shape?
1: I know that some kids around that I see and I look at, are capable of winning gold medals in Japan. Mm. I know that. But if we think it's going to be easy going over to to Japan, we're kidding ourselves. Just because we dominated Mm. at the Commonwealth Games that have got Canada, Great Britain, New Zealand. Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea, thank you. Suva. Singapore. Singapore. Just because we dominated those nations people think that we're going to dominate the Americans, the Europeans, the Russians, the Japanese. How much You throw them all in, it's not an easy thing to come back with an Olympic gold medal. We have kids here who have the capacity to be Olympic champions, but they have to decide whether they want to be Olympic champion or not. And if they want to be Olympic champion, Pay the price. So when you stand up on the block and you look left and you look right, say, come on, let's race. This is going to be fun.
3: How much would you like to coach Kyle? Kyle Chalmers is a racer. He's an animal. He, he is so good. He is a racer. Yeah, and I Kyle we he, trust. Huh? Hey? I hope he keeps that going. It'd be good to coach him, man. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Getting ready, year out. Ooh. So good. You'd have it to knock that 100 metres out of him. Oh,
1: he'd have to be coming fifteen hundred metres. No, from I know that.
3: two and four, two and four, two and four. He'd win both. Oh, he's too smart for fifteen hundred. You've got to be really dumb to swim fifteen hundred. Well, mate, I I do have a friend
1: here who swam fifteen hundred pretty he's well. Not,
3: he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. He he's, made, per, he's perfect for fifteen hundred.
1: He's got right on reply.
3: Glen Hausman, same sort of guy. <laughs> Thank you for
1: listening to this latest episode of Stuff the Silver. We're going for gold. To stay up to date with all episodes, please subscribe to this podcast. For more information, visit laurielawrence.com.au.